Yeah, if someone doesn't engage you in the way that you believe they should, then <laughs> yeah. he was like, he's arrogant. He's act like he's above everybody. Yeah. Like, no, I just don't want to argue with you about stupid shit. Because <laughs> 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 we really don't have time. To argue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm Born Ready. Shout out to Born Ready, though. Shout out to Born Ready. About to kill it in China. <laughs> oh, my. How does he not have a job, man? Nah, yo. All right. The NBA got some explaining to do. Yo, he is literally... He makes me want to play ball. Like, he's so exciting. And, like, you can tell that when he plays on the floor, he's playing with his mo his best, like... Born ready. Born ready. Ask Jeff Green about that, man. Born ready. Yo, he should have been... In yo, Brooklyn. You should have picked him up, man. Yeah. Yo, so what's good, Saints? It's your boy, Bates. We here. And we're not going nowhere. Unlike Lance Stevenson. I don't know why they play him like that, man. Yo, so... <laughs> yo, it's crazy, man, because I was always saying... My cousin actually went to school with with um Lance Stevenson. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I didn't know that. He said he was actually really annoying. Really like, annoying. He's yeah. one of those jocks that was annoying. Like yo, he would do stupid stuff just to annoy you, like <laughs> lean on you, be like yo, bro, stop, get, yo, off, get me. off me. Get off me. He'd be leaning on you, type stuff. But and let's not forget, he's from New York, and he was good enough to skip college. He just went straight to the league. For me, like yo, or no, did he? Th no, he went to Cincinnati. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was roommates with a uh, Sean Kilpatrick. But yeah, yeah Lance no Stevenson, man. Whenever you're done with China, bro, please come, come back come to, to the Brooklyn. NBA. Come back to the NBA. Go come. to Brooklyn. Like you, you've been avoiding this your whole career. Go to Brooklyn. I, I think that's more of a Sean Marks thing than a Lance Stevenson. Uh, whatever it is, born ready is ready. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but or go to the Knicks. Feel me? Like you just need to be in the city, though. Like just imagine the energy. Facts. Yo, but look, man, it's high times. Feel me? My jet pulling into the clearport right now. Y'all hear it? Uh, yeah. About to pick me up. Yes, I have a jet. This is the Great Outdoors podcast. <laughs> so you're going to be hearing a nice, a lot of nature sounds. Sounds of nature. Exquisite. Yo, but no, really though, um, speaking of nature, um, Meg the Stallion is doing her thing. Um, Meg, you bro, know, Meg, bro, you know how it feels. Bro, I know this is a basketball <laughs> podcast. But that doesn't. She likes basketball. That doesn't. She give, likes, but she but, likes basketball. But, but but that doesn't give you the green light to shoot your shot. She bro. likes basketball, so she knows. It does what's not up. give you the green light to shoot your shot because it's a basketball look, podcast. I, look, I seen her man. It's cool. Don't worry, I got a shot. Yeah, but uh, I seen for me. Yo, yo. Speaking like, of shots, bro, I have to. I have to say this. I would be remiss if I never said this on the podcast. But if you guys haven't seen the best layup that I've ever seen in basketball, <laughs> oh yeah, this goofy stuff. I gotta let you oh, know, man. bro. There was this guy. I, I'll let you know his his um his tag later on in the podcast. But this guy did a a, a self pass in midair around two defenders, spun around them, came up on the other side, and flipped it up into the basketball hoop. Like if I tell you, I see me telling you is not gonna do it as much justice <laughs> as it is seeing it in person. <laughs> You gotta see this in person, man. And when I'll I show you in person, because that's how I'm shooting my shot towards Meg. It's gonna be just like that. Like, like everybody gonna be like, "Nah, it's over. It's a dub. Don't even try it." And then you're gonna and spin, boom, I'm pull you know, up with the. You're gonna spin around, money bag, yo, and then and then shoot I'm your shot. I'm not gonna spin. This this porky dude is not gonna catch me. Like, what's he gonna do? <laughs> I see him run. Like, what's he gonna do? Like, what's he? Let me. Like, that's something money can't fix, right? Right, right, right. Yo, you, you, feel me? Like, Porky Pig, dude. Like, oh, nah. No. Meg, what you doing? Meg, listen. Meg, listen. I feel like you want a dude that you mentally can control and you got a little step on 
he's like a little dumb, like, you know, little Flintstone like God. Ooh, 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 me smash, me smash. Nah, you need somebody that's going to excite your mind. That's what you need. Anyway, I, anyway, like, we're we gonna feel me like that's just that's you know what's up. You that's tangent saying. I know how they give it up in Houston. Yo, that's, feel me like that's I've been there. Right, tangent saying. You need you a real dude, like not no fake half dude. Feel me? You need a real dude. Tangent saying. Tangent saying. Feel me like let's talk about summer basketball and less about hot girl summer. Right? What you mean hot girl summer and summer basketball? No, bro. let's talk. I'll shoot my shot like the FIBA World Cup. Feel me like yo. <laughs> Yo, May know what's up though. May know what's up though. She I'm, glad, I'm glad you said uh, FIBA World Cup because uh, I keep saying real it and real. All right, all right, all right. Come on, chill. Can't chill. Can't chill. Just a little bit. For baby. for me, for me, bro. That's my baby. For me, for all right, me. right. All right. So boom. So we're gonna talk about FIBA a little bit because I was noticed they started practicing today. I saw a couple of guys that you could tell wasn't Team USA's main option, but you know what I saw. But do we really need our like? We just looked at these rosters, like briefly before we started. Do we really need our main guys? Like, I don't know. Greek, I, I don't Greek, know. Greek Freak said he coming for gold. Yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> he said, we got Kemba, and he does this tournament stuff. Like, right. This we, is. I'm not worried. Like, listen, I'm not. I'm not worried either. I'm not worried. Because Greek Freak can't guard Kemba. Like, who, who who's guarding Kemba with that team? I don't know. Anybody got a point guard is barbecue chicken. As, as Shaquille O'Neal said, Antetokounmpo brothers is gonna guard Kemba. <laughs> Barbecue chicken. I'm sent the Kumpo brother, one of them. Nah, they're getting dog. I'm sorry. Listen, it'd be crazy if you see these these brothers get together and they like, play, you see his brothers play the best they ever played in their life because <laughs> they play alongside their brother and the chemistry is like nah, on 100%. Man. Oh like, my God. Please. Imagine. Oh imagine man. they start balling like the Monstars or some shit. Oh God. I don't like that would be crazy, bro. But look, I'm not worried because because uh, we got Spider Mitchell and I think he's gonna be better than Kemba number one. Of course. And this international game is not made. The this dude is a problem. It's not for the faint of heart, man. It's not for the faint of heart. And we got some good bigs. I think we we I think we outclass him in bigs. I think we outclass him in athleticism. That's easily stated. Every everybody not named Antetokounmpo cannot compete with USA. Yeah, I mean athletically. Look. Look, I'm I'm just I'm keeping it a thousand with y'all. Like, look, Team USA got this in the bag. It's over. So I mean, Sunday, September first, September first, twenty nineteen. We gonna put a hurting on the Czech yeah. Republic, and it's gonna be the Czech Republic, and it's gonna be a problem. Like, it's gonna be who's, uh, who's even on the I Czech don't, Republic? Yo, look, man, look, I just applaud. I, f- I felt like this is a, a good time to cue uh, Soldier Boy, and he'd be like, Czech Republic. <laughs> Look, Czech Republic. I applaud these guys for just showing up because you know what I'm saying. Like knowing that who's a, who's a name noteworthy person on takes, Czech Republic. It takes a tremendous amount of courage to show up to a a, a battle that you know you're gonna lose. That's right. That's like you feel me? Like that's, you know what I'm saying. You know like what? showing up to that's that's respect. That's I understand. the equivalent of the geek who came out after school and. Like said he, they, they, somebody's gonna fight them after school and they pulled up to the hill the hill by themselves on their dolo ready to fight. You know them times where that dude who's has no hands. No hands. And like he's like like doing a moral stand. I'm gonna he's like fighting in front of his crush or whatever who never notices him. Right. He's like, you and then the next he gets his behind what but the next day they be like, I bet. I can't really I, I appreciate his heart. Like I mean got heart, you know what I mean? Shout out to Czech Republic. Czech, 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 Czech Republic. Czech Republic. Czech Republic. But look, listen, 
FIBA basketball is going to have to hold out basketball. Um, trophy? Not trophy, fix, I would say, un- until the NBA comes back. Because, you oh, know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, oh, yeah. So, like, but I don't know, because I'm really trying to turn this into an interesting thing. We got this in a bag. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. We got this in a bag. Like, who are you looking forward to seeing the most on the Team USA roster? And um, give me your top five. All right. So we're just going to go down the list, and then we're going to see what the what the what the roster is looking like so we can just we can name the yeah, we can name, name the roster from from top from to bottom top to bottom All right. and then we, i want you to pick top 5 who do you think you who you would like to see the most perform and who you think is going to be the best player the standout on the team so uh i think the standout is going to be Kemba Walker um i just feel like uh in terms of again being a downhill attacking guard who um has you know pull up anywhere ability. He um he's a pick and roll uh, savant. I mean this dude literally knows how to create space from nothing. He can pull up from mid range. He can pull up from three ball. Um his his pacing of the game is gonna match the international basketball pace. Um so like I'm super excited to see that. And also um you know when these stars or whatever get a chance to be the focal point of a team like the team USA. You always see how they take the next step forward in, in, in their in their uh, uh, basketball growth. And like, yes, he's 29 years old, but um, the situation that Kemba Walker is stepping into in the Boston Celtics, regardless of like you know associating youth with improvement, I just feel like his opportunity and the opportunity he has to learn from this experience is going to be second to none because this is about winning time. And you know, the more you win, the better you become at it. That's just how basketball works. All right. Uh, so secondly, we, we got Kemba. So Brooke Lopez. Um, I'm really excited to see how Brooke Lopez 2.0 goes in uh, the FIBA World Basketball. Right. Cause like we haven't seen three point shooting Brooke Lopez in the international field, which I feel like is ex- perfect hand and glove fit for his game. And where is that right now? And not only that, uh, Coach Greg Popovich. Oh, oh yeah. We'll be taking yeah, full yeah, advantage yeah. of. All the works that Brooke Lopez provides on the court. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're gonna see a well-oiled machine as far as X and O basketball yeah, is I concerned. Mean, we're yeah. talking about the best coach ever, ever. Well, arguably, arguably, yeah, like no disrespect to Phil, but yeah, best. I mean, best, best X's and O's coach ever, without a shadow of a doubt. Right. Yeah, that's not even, not even close. Third, uh, Jason Tatum. Okay. I feel like from. You think a- he'll be the breakout young star? Of of all the young stars that's on this team, yes, yes. I uh, um, what the thing about Jason Tatum is his his mental doesn't match his talent right now. Um, um, you know, with all the reports that came out from Boston about you know uh, uh him and Jalen Rose or uh, Jalen Rose, Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier, like you know, not particularly understanding their roles as young guys on the team. Um, you know, I I feel like he just needs to be in a situation that can lead him out of that mentality. Cause, and again, the more you win, the better you, the better you get at it. It's, it's a fact of basketball. Um, I'm expecting him. I, I'm expecting to see playoff Jason Tatum in, in this uh, situation. Right. Fourth, not fourth, but he's fourth on my list. Donovan Spider Mitchell. Listen, this dude is a problem. He's Dwayne Wade with a three ball shot. That's literally what he is. Um, like, I don't think there's another young player in the league. Um, you know, D'Angelo Russell comes to mind. That's like the only one that's like 
kind of around him, but even then, yeah, Donovan, Donovan yeah, Mitchell Donovan is outclasses, is outclasses, yeah, like everybody, the, all of his peers, he outclasses in, as far as I'm concerned. Like it's, it's like, yeah, like he, he has something special about him, and it's the same thing that I feel like Dwayne Wade came into the game with, and it's not just because that's a cliche comparison. Is is due to the fact that when I saw Dwayne Wade come into the game with like Lamar Odom as one of his teammates, and he took Baron Davis to to the absolute competitive top back and forth in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I was like, wow. This that's when yeah. I I realized how because Dwayne Wade's been doing it, but when I realized he's arrived is when he was doing this what he did in the playoffs. Yeah. Against Baron Davis, and um, funny thing, I was w- watching the um podcast with uh quentin richardson and um darius miles oh yeah shout out q Wiss in this podcast actually yeah uh, what's it called what's it called i think it's the knuckleheads podcast yeah. he's been doing it for a while but shout out q rich yeah they were talking about it and and Dwayne way actually made a said when he his rookie year he actually hated playing baron davis man baron davis was actually one of his most feared uh uh, opponent, rightfully so. That man was a bad man. Back yeah, one of my favorite point guards. Yeah, I, yeah, like yeah, he slept yeah. on, and like people missed out on him. Missed out on some really, yeah, yeah. Really shout, good out basketball. Davis, shout out to Baron Davis, Yeah, shout out to Baron. One Davis. of the killer, most killer crossovers in the game. Yeah, and in the gym range, he's one of the first point guards I've I've ever seen. That's like give you ten assists in the gym range. And he's it, crazy it gets athletic. Get to the basket. Yeah. Shout out to the dunk on Andre Karolinko. Oh man. yeah, the all time. Oh yeah, the, the baptism. But, Andre <laughs> but yeah, that's me going off on the tangent, but Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> tangent alert. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, he's a special man. And I believe this is so um just to add on to your point, yeah, Donovan Mitchell is gonna he's gonna have such a great tournament. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, I mean him and Kemba Walker is gonna be such a matchup problem for everybody. Yeah, it's yeah, and 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 look, like a lot of these defenders in the FIBA, they they don't have the lateral quickness to actually stop these guys' first step. And, you know, letting a player like Kemba Walker attack the center of the court, especially when you're, like, in the uh, international game where, like, spacing is prime and, like, you're always going to have, like, shooters on the weak side. You're always going to, like, most bigs have pick-and-pop ability in the international game. Like, most bigs can step out and hit that three. So Shout out Joe Harris. Shout out Joe. Oh, Yes. Low key addition. He's on a select team, but yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, like when you have space, the spacing that the international game provides, a downhill guard like Kemba Walker is gonna eat. Like, he's he's, he's gonna eat, going left and right. You know what I'm saying, pull up at the three, don't matter. Um, his pick and pop options with Brooke Lopez, I mean, just that's gonna op- really open up things for them. Like, um, and and my fifth player would be Chris Middleton for obvious reasons. Right, you know, like. You don't need like like there's never enough shooters in the international game. Chris Middleton is one of the best at that, without question, one of the best at right. that. I mean, and, he's and tailor made for this game. And if you chase him off the three, he still can create his still offense. Still create his own offense, yeah. So he, he's he's gonna be uh, he's gonna he's gonna definitely benefit from the amount of dynamic uh, shot creators that's gonna be on the team. Uh, so. Was that five that you? Yeah, that was five. It was, I, uh, yeah, that was that was five. And also, Chris Middleton is gonna lock up any person between three and one in the international game. I don't care who it is. Right. Like Ricky Rubio was like one of the the the, the guard names that that popped out for Spain. Shout out to Spain though. Yeah. They have an older team, but they're very experienced. Um, I low key think that's gonna be the gold medal team. 
a game, USA and Spain. Um, and that's not going to be an easy game. But, like, we're going to get to that. But, yeah, like, that's the only guard in this whole thing that I see giving them problems. But, yeah. Right. So, all right. So, let me let me give my five. So, immediately out of the young standouts, I got Kyle Kuzma, man. Kyle Kuzma is, wow, is, that's, is wow, actually man. one of the, the, the most uh, – you don't have to call a play for him. He gets his offense without, like, even – Something called for him. He's he's just so savvy at getting a basket. And as far as looking at up and down at anybody who's not a superstar, I believe that he's going to get his offense the easiest. Uh, there's a lot of uh, which call it. I think Jalen Brown is going to be very good on the three and D end. Oh yeah, I, I feel yeah. like Jalen Brown is is tailor made to play alongside people like Donovan Mitchell and and uh, which call it and and uh, Campbell Walker because once once you try to guard these two, these guys, these dynamic players, you want to do box box zones. So you want to double these guys because you cannot guard these guys one on one. There's no possible way you can guard a Kemba Walker one on one. And Jalen Brown is the type of guy who backdoor cuts. He's the type of guy who hits weak side threes. He's the type of guy who who's not necessarily. I don't think he's too dynamic in creating his own offense. He can if he if it comes to that, but I believe that. His game is tailor made to to be that guy who's going to play a hard defense and who's going to give you time and time again back phenomenal athletic dunks and you know also hitting um, threes when he's like open you know and this, this he's going to yeah, be open. Yeah. Weak side corner three is a staple in any pop of his offense. So so you know. And I believe another person shout out to to uh, which we we'll call it Marcus Smart. Oh yeah, Marcus Smart is going to be that the standout on defense. I believe that he's going to be playing tremendous defense on on the on the basketball. There's going to be guys who's he's going to hound, and I believe he's also going to be that guy who could hit the the knockdown three as well. And he's, I believe Popovich is going to utilize people like Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart a lot because those are the type of players that he likes on in his system on uh, the Spurs. So yeah, and uh, just just to name a big, who's also a Popovich type of guy, uh, quietly, but Mason Plumley. Yo, Mason, yeah, Mason Plumley is also a, a Popovich guy who's gonna do the job. He's athletic. He rebounds. He shot blocks. Lob option. Lob option. He's uh basically your modern day basketball type of guy, and he just fits the build. You know what I mean? And He's always been that solid guy his whole career, and that's the reason why Team USA called him up, especially since people has been backing out left and right because because <laughs> this is so close to the NBA training yeah, camp. Yeah, it's, it's really it's really really close to NBA training camp. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just to name of like a couple guys, man. That's the guys who don't really pop out to you on paper, but the guys who are for sure gonna be the guys you you count on when you need a role player. To just step into their role, I can see this happening so easily for these guys, and I see these guys stepping up to the occasion, and it's gonna it's gonna speak wonders for uh, Team USA basketball when we talk about the type of guys we have. So yeah, it's gonna so, be great. I got a question for you, man. All right, like, I would like you to address. So it seems like a lot of players don't take FIBA basketball seriously. So yeah. how important is it for us to win this gold medal? Do you think? 
I think is is very important because uh, not only are these guys the next up, like when you talk about Tatum, you talk about yeah, your, Spider Mitchell, Spider Mitchell. Yeah. You talk about these, Kuzma, Kuzma. You, when you talk about these guys, it's very important that these guys get their reps because they're going to be representing Team USA basketball when we go to the Olympics in the future. Right, right. So, you know what I mean? It's good for them to, to get this camaraderie, get to, to understand this. And not only is it good for for the brand of Team USA basketball, it's good for these young basketball players to get their reps up. As many games, as high competition, as many times you can you, – because when you put on Team USA across your chest, you come in to represent. And, and win gold. And win gold. So, yes. These guys, I expect these guys to come into next season playing out of their mind. A lot of these guys who came through, they're not going to have that basketball rush that you normally have when you first come into the, nope. into the game. I feel like they're going to have, they're going to be like, yo, we played high-level basketball this this um summer. We're coming in, we're young. This also can go two ways, too. You know what I mean? Team USA, a lot of people backed out due to the fact that do I want to get a Paul George incident? Yeah. That's what a lot That's of- been a back on, yeah, like that's been behind everybody's mind. And shout out Paul George for coming back from that. That's. Finished number three in, in, uh, in the MVP rankings. And still improving. And like, and like, I expect him to continue that next year. But like uh, playing alongside Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, just the absolute monster. But, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, though, like, yeah, like, um, it, it's, um, interesting. It's, it's interesting how like that's so prevalent on players' minds now. Absolutely, because you know, again, there's people on this. You have to take into consideration there's people in contract years. Yeah, contract years, and it's it's. I'm telling you, it's it's not okay. It's really not okay to see one of the top players in the game get hurt because, you know, basketball. As basketball fans, we I I think I speak for everybody, even the listeners. We really want to see the best people compete at the best times. No matter what, yeah. just compete like At the highest level, highest levels, and um, that's that's basically like what what we want to see. And when you like robbed of that because of injury or something like that, you don't really. It's, it's not only unfortunate; it's it's like disheartening. Disheartening, it's, yeah. It's like at the end of the day, like you think about it and you're like, "Wow, this guy really put his body on the line for for a team USA." And he took a season off of his career, and I'm. And also, this kind of segues into uh, um, uh, a, a topic that's been on my mind. Does it feel like major injuries have been on an uptick in NBA, like major career-threatening injuries? You know what it has, and it's and you know what the funny thing is, I've talked to many people about this, and I have a theory to why it's on the uptick, and um, I, I guess I'll share it with you. I guess. <laughs> right, you right. I, I mean, this, I mind if you do. This is the take your ankle pod, take the ankles podcast. Oh so, man, yeah. So I got, I got, I got to come through with my theories. So I right, boom. Let me just break it down like this. As of late, the game has gone on the up, on the up and up when it comes to pace. So when you talk about pace, we're talking about more possessions. Yes. When you talk about more possessions, we're talking about more. Yeah, generally more basketball. In more a, basketball yeah. being played. So the the generally the their body is going through more vigorous and more intense type of basketball, going back and forth, and your body is it's not supposed to be running back and forth 
on that clip. But these guys are professional athletes. And also with more possessions, you're, you're more susceptible to injury. That's what I believe, at least. So just more jump shots are going up. They said that for the first time in a long time, uh, the NBA's 30 teams all average 100 plus. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, that, that's a good point. So you, with this faster pace of in the NBA, like I just believe that you're you're susceptible to more injuries, and you're and you're like you're more susceptible to a twisted ankle, you know, ACL, you know, uh, ruptured uh, Achilles. Stuff like this is is more like, especially the Warriors and stuff like that. You saw them crumble. With all this basketball, they're playing at a high pace. Yeah, and you saw it all coming into fruition when it came down to the finals. Everybody's breaking down. You saw Clay get come down with an injury. And it's, it's crazy because, like, the, the Golden State Warriors had two catastrophic injuries. Achilles tear and Kevin Durant and ACL tear and Clay Thompson. And earlier, earlier, which one will call it? Oh, DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus with Cousins the, with the quad, yeah, the I think. quad injury, yeah, yeah. That too, yeah. That was catastrophic too. Um... So, I think it's not just possessions, but like I, I think it's also the, the way people play now. I think I think uh, basically people are more athletic in today's league than they ever been. Um, I agree with that. Like we see point guards like Russell Westbrook, you know, prime Derrick Rose, even Eric Bledsoe. Um, well, who else is a crazy like a crazy like athlete? And then there's players like like Steph Curry and Kyrie Irving who like from a skill perspective have elevated the crap. Like you 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 weren't seeing these guys in the league, you know, like 20 years ago. Like 20 years ago there was there was like AI who was like a, you know, just by himself basically. And you know, even with respect to Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant would tell you, "Yo, this dude was the reason why I wanted to become an elite defender because I I need to figure out how to, you know, get him." Um now we have more players who's built in that prototype. Not saying that there's more Allen Iversons. No, obviously not. But, you know, back in the day, the point guard wasn't expected to be this monster, skilled, monster athletic player. Yeah. And now, you know, every night, if you're starting in the NBA, like every night, even even if you're not going against the all-star, like, you know, like Darren, Darren Fox, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't no problems with that man. Mike Conley, you know what? No problems with Mike Conley. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so, just yeah. Like what, what? To add on to your point, man, I just believe that. Uh, I believe point guards. I remember the marquee matchups back in the in the early '90s, 2000s. They were all predicated off of the bigs. They were predicated off the center. Who's the center matchup you're gonna face today? Who's is it gonna be? Patrick? Is it gonna be Hakeem? Is it going to be another big? Yeah, the Admirals. Tim, Tim Duncan. Shaq, Tim, yeah. These guys were what the modern-day point guard is today. And the modern-day point guard is basically the guy you want no problems with, the guy who can go off for 30-plus. Absolutely, is the hardest position to guard in, in professional sports. 30, hardest position 30 to play in plus, professional sports. Running the pick and roll and making your center look silly. So, yeah, basically it. That's the type of game that we're dealing with right now. And 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 like in turn, um, you know, the uh, mixing of the three and the four position right now, like it, it it the the athletic requirement, especially on the defensive end of the basketball, you can tell the teams that are ready to compete 
are the ones that have the versatile wings that can switch between the threes and the fours, the ones that can mm-hmm. step out in the wings three point line, and the ones that can actually bring the ball up the court pass after a rebound. Low, so you starting key, to see. Low key, I, I, I want to state that low key that the wings are have been on the rise, and only the ones who have the dynastic wings and who can compete at the highest level, most of them have those wing players who can just, like, create the offense. Basically, those are the guys you want to be your superstar, the wings, the guys like the LeBrons and the Paul Georges and the Kawhi Leonard's and, the, you know, these players who, who are – you want the ball in their hand at the fourth quarter and who's basically the guy who can bail you out when you're in d- difficult situations. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. <laughs> absolutely. Like, yeah, 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 man. I mean, and, and like, that's what it comes down to. Um, you know, back in the day, the, the, the most elite players were the, 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 the good bad shot makers. Mm-hmm. So bad shot makers, I, I, I hate to say like one of these ESPN nonsense people, but huh. bad shot makers is like, was like the, Ooh, the, you know, the pinnacle. Right. Now that's the regular, you know, mm-hmm. like Steph Curry, let's be honest. Anybody else who's playing the way he would, that's 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 a quick way to end up on the bench. Like that's a quick way to be handing out Gatorade. <laughs> handing out Gatorade, yeah. Like oh then, son, Uh-oh. I just had enough. I just had something crazy to say. Shout out! I got a crazy shout out for somebody who is clutch to his core. <laughs> Some might even call this dude Jesus. Oh my God! Some may even say uh, Joe Jesus. Joe Jesus, yo, yo, you saw what he did in the big three? Yo, shout out Joe Johnson. Though. Yo, you saw what he did in the big three? Absolutely, yeah. I saw the step back four pointer or whatever. Step back four pointer <laughs> to win the game. Win the game, something like. Yo, somebody get this man a job, man. Oh my yeah. Uh, so, yo, I, I always call him Mighty Joe Young. I've always called him that because he's an absolute monster. Oh my god! Like, yo, and I. I I've always been a fan of Joe and Two Cash. Put a hurting on people with Joe. Remember, I used to wild out with Joe. Yeah, yeah, Joe. <laughs> I used to wild out with yo, Joe. Yo, son, when oh, I saw that, bro, God, yo, Ice Cube was going crazy. Everybody in the crowd, yo, was going everybody crazy. was going, crowd was going nuts. Like, I yo. was like, yo, son, he obviously does not belong in the Big Three league. But yeah, like somebody, his like, man, Allen Anderson, would you know? Shout out to Allen Anderson. Shout out to Allen Anderson. To Allen Anderson. Uh, <laughs> yo, my fun fact: my homegirl did a mural on uh, at Allen Anderson's crib. Yeah, it's, it's she has a, also has a mural up in uh which we'll call it bleacher up in in Brooklyn. Oh yo yo man, yeah. what's the info? We can shout out on the on the thing. I'll give you. You get the information. Info in <laughs> I'll give you the information at the end of the podcast. Yeah, that's bad, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, like so crazy, man. Like yo, Joe Johnson, bro. He just got the super clutch gene, and this is in his blood, bro. It's like that man is not phased by the moment at all. He could be the type of guy look. My favorite memory of him is is not even on the Brooklyn Nets. It's when he was facing the, the Clippers. It was the Utah Jazz versus the Clippers. And I was telling people, bro, boy, Gordon Hayward and Joe Johnson is coming for the Clippers, bro. Everybody's like, no, no, no. The Clippers got Chris Paul. They got Blake Griffin. Oh. I'm like, yo, listen. When I tell you that Gordon Hayward and Joe Johnson is different, bro, <laughs> they're different, bro. Yo, yo, did he average twenty one in that playoff series? That series he was <laughs> wilding, bro. The man, like the yeah. man was a shell of his former self. But when it comes up to playoff, Joe Johnson, bro, he's just a different monster. Bro. His his um, uh, look, he. I feel like Joe Johnson is uh, gonna be one of those players who's appreciated more after his career because, you know, like. 
being good and being all-star good, playing all-star good is great and all that. But it's just you just have the unfortunate luck of playing in the LeBron era. You know what I'm saying? Like you're just playing against these kind of people. Um, I feel like Joe was. Well, I always felt like he was one of those guys who always deserved to win a ring. Um, you know, like he's not uh, incapable of, of balling. He's obviously showing he's still talented right now. But right. yo, it's <laughs> you know you want to know what I. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give the God honest truth about Joe Johnson as f- from my standpoint. So when I saw Joe Johnson, I always had respect for his game. Don't get me wrong. But when he was on Atlanta Hawks, I never really gave him the, the credit that he deserved until I saw what he did up close. And when I saw what he did up close is when he was on the, the Nets and I was able to watch on the Yes Network. Shout out to the Yes Network. Shout out to the Yes Network. But yeah, I was able to watch what he did and the amount of like numbers don't tell the whole story. So if you're a guy and you're looking at his numbers, oh he just averaged fifteen. Oh, he's not really that good. Da 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 da. He was such a focal point into winning games. He was the really the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. Because a lot of the times, let's face it, the Nets underperformed. They were mediocre. You know what I mean? They didn't know who who they wanted to lead the team and Sometimes they weren't up to the challenge. Darren Williams. But there's a lot of, of, of hearsay. You know, you know what I mean? Darren Williams is... Don't say that name in the city anymore. Yeah. I'm sorry. We st- they still have missing posters for him. Yeah, he's a clown. Yeah, but... Uh, I wish I got paid millions of dollars to suck at my job. Anyway, continue. But yeah, but like I said, Joe Johnson, bro, he's going to definitely be appreciated more when we all look back at the tape and see what he did, because this guy's made it to numerous All-Star games, and it's just crazy how good he was in his prime. And also, this is something that I have a, a big problem with. ESPN shows the Big Three League no love whatsoever. Absolutely no love. They don't show their highlights. They don't show what they're doing. Like, Lisa Leslie is Joe Johnson's coach. I think that's not, that's awesome. Like fire. that's fire, OD. Like why? Like you know what I'm saying? Like speaking Lisa of, Leslie. Speaking of coaches, you should have saw Gary Payton's face. For <laughs> <that> <laughs> <shot with him. laughs> Yo, that's you know, funny. Yo. Gary Payton hates oh, losing, bro. Oh my God, he hates losing. Yo. I know, yo. You should have saw the look on his face, yo, man. That's funny, yo. He was so sick. That when is I talk funny. about top ten sick faces of the yo, world, that is hilarious, yo. GP's yo. face was looking like. Like somebody slapped him in the face and ran away. Like yo, that is funny, yo. Yo, GP, yo, shout out to Gary. Shout Payton. out to Gary Payton, Gary the Glove Payton, first Battle Hall I of saw, Fame, I, NBA champion. You already know the vibe. Like, I saw. I was just watching a rerun of Jamie Foxx, and I saw him on that too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Gary Payton. Shout out to Gary Payton. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, they don't make point guards like that anymore. No, nah, they don't. Man. Yeah, that's over. But yeah, though, like he was sick. He don't like losing at all. Joe just <laughs> look that. I, <sighs> what? What are you gonna do in that situation anyway? Like, there's nothing much you can't do, man. Not much you can do. Like, it's just you just gotta kind of gotta bite the bullet, and you know, take the L, and just move on to the next game. Because I mean, the shot you're not supposed to make those, but it is what it is. But back to what you were saying with the uh, the big three, man. Yes, ESPN don't really show no love, man. Look, if you want to watch entertaining basketball, I think it's predicated off of you know, I mean, it's not. The big bucks, you know, is is black business owned. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not quite the great NBA. You know what I'm saying? But listen, it's entertaining. It's 
These guys could ball. We all know that the NBA has always had a problem with branding. That's why Jerry West is the logo instead of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know what I'm saying? Which is, I think, I've always thought that was weird to me. Like, like when I discovered that, when I was like, oh, who's the logo? Oh, the logo is Jerry West. And I'm like, and, the, and, and then you look at what Kareem has done for the league, and you're like, eh. <laughs> like, who should really be the logo? Like, it should definitely be Kareem doing a skyhook. That should be the logo of the NBA. That's a fact. Like, and hopefully that's going to be the next logo of the NBA because it's, it's not going to change. What do you mean, man? It's not. How? How? It's not. There, look, look. Traditionalists will never let that happen. There's no way. There's. I'm sorry. I'm absolutely sorry. Look, this is the problem that the NBA has right now. We do not honor our legendary basketball players enough. Like, I'm not taking anything from Michael Jordan. He's the greatest basketball player I've ever seen. But you, like, let's understand marketing had a big part in that. Like Kareem was not loved by most of the fans of the NBA, particularly at the time he was playing when he changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm-hmm. And every single time he's missed the playoffs in his career has been on some circumstantial stuff, has nothing to do with his talent. One time he got injured, and, and the next time it was this weird playoff format that's archaic that they've done away with in 2015. But, you know, the division leaders get the first – for a uh, uh, four seeds, yeah. yeah, they've done away with that. I'm so glad they finished yeah. that off. But like that, that cost a lot of people. Like, uh, like that cost Kareem an actual. Like he won the MVP and missed the playoffs because of that nonsense. So, you know, like, and his public his public perception at the time where he was Lou Alcindor, and then he so chose to like you know take a stand for his personal beliefs and and this and the third, and you know he transitioned to you know the honorable Kareem Abdul Jabbar. And like it's just a lot of people didn't like his personality, and that's kind of why he gets the bad shape he does. But his influence on the game, his 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 only goal was surpassing Wilt Chamberlain, and he did that. So you know, was it was would you say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was the first megastar? Because I mean, he yes, was, he was in a Bruce Lee movie, bro. Yes, no, no, no. I mean, he 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 was absolutely. And yo, he's from Uptown. He's from Harlem. Shout out Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from Uptown, New York. He's from Harlem. Feel me? He's from the Mecca. He's from the the, the center. Feel me? Like roots. Everything and his. He has an esteemed collegiate career. We get coached by John Wood at UCLA. Like you know, like won Milwaukee their first championship. Won Milwaukee their first championship, and he's still the greatest player to ever play for that franchise. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, you know, all time great Laker. You know, like all time great human being. I go, mean, he can a, go all time, all time. Like he, he it's his. Like I, I just don't understand. What Jerry West has done to earn being the logo over Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Even Jerry West said he doesn't know why he's the logo, bro. You know that? No, he said that. Yeah, he's like, I don't, I don't. There's many players better than me. He's even <laughs> making a case for the jump man to be the logo. The jump? Nah, 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 nah. I, I think Kareem is more of a like the logo has to represent your commitment to basketball, and I'm not questioning Michael Jordan's commitment to basketball, but you know, basketball is not just NBA. You look at it as an all-inclusive thing. And I don't think anybody's had a better career than Kareem. Right. Like, a better career. I'm just talking about just, you know, like longevity, how long you've been good, how much you've won, how you affected winning. You know what I'm saying? Kareem was 40 and he was an all-star. You know what I'm saying? Kareem, Kareem, <laughs> Kareem might be the best old player. We'll, we'll see how good LeBron is when he's around that age. I mean, he, 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 Kareem, Kareem, Kareem is uh, – is a perennial, perennial, 
That's the word you're looking yes, for? Yes, that's the word. Thank you. It's Overlooked me. player. He should be the logo, and that's my case. Wow. Woo. Wait, what's too much time on this? <laughs> you got a lot of. I mean, I'm glad you got it out. Yeah, I got, I got it out. Like, feel me? But, like, yo, shout out, shout out to Mr. Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Oh. Um, he's actually on my list of people that I would want to actually meet and have a conversation with. So, um, I got a little side story to tell you guys. Uh-oh. And uh, it's kind of funny. Um, I was just going through my, my notifications and uh, I got a notification on YouTube. So Uh-oh. this notification was one that I made on a Nick's podcast YouTube channel. I'll give him a shout out right now. Shout out to the to the YouTube channel. Wait, I'm about to pull it up right now. <clears throat> well, I'm gonna just give you a story. So the basically they were saying if Kyrie and Kevin Durant go to the Knicks, they're cowards and they're scared of the the publicity that the Knicks carry with them. So that's what that's what the story is. And so I was like, yo, I wrote like this is a, this is like a month or two ago. I wrote the Nick fans are delusional. I and no, let me quote. Nick fans love living in delusion. They state that the Clippers and the Nets are are not better destinations, but they think that they're the top free agent. This is before they landed KD and Kyrie. I said they think they're the best destination when the Clippers, Nets, and Lakers are all better destinations. And I put it right there and then. Somebody just liked my comment just not too long ago. And I was like, wow, that was pretty spot on how every one of these teams I mentioned ended up winning in free agency except for the Knicks. So I'm just stating, man. I was like, yo, listen. Here's here's my take. Look. Because, like, I don't want to seem like I'm biased on this podcast. This is an NBA podcast. But we got to keep it a 1,000. Let's understand something. The Knicks found out the hard way this offseason that nobody cares about tradition in the NBA. That is dead. Like, the only people who look at the Knicks from this nostalgic point of view are 50-year-old men and 45-year-old. Like, like between that age range, people who actually remember when the Knicks were good. People around my 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 age range, they don't associate the Knicks with winning. They 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 associate the Knicks with being a comically bad laughing stock of a franchise. And and at the end of the day, the we know about historically good franchises. And if this was the case and it was all based on tradition and what the NBA is about, is oh tradition, tradition, then the Lakers and the Celtics would be the top destination for everybody. Because those are the foundation of the NBA. Because we know the Lakers net the Lakers. Well, like in the Knicks' defense, they are part of those foundational teams too. They are part of the foundational team, but they're not the pillars. They're one of the pillars, but they're not. They're not the Celtics and Lakers rivalry. Celtics Lakers rivalry it stretches from the sixties on to now. Yeah, sixties to. Like you know, 09, 2010. So bird, yeah. bird magic rivalry that brought the NBA back. Yeah. Like even Paul Pierce and Kobe Bryant's rivalry. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, you know, this, this is what the foundation of the team. And they're built on championships. Like the Knicks earlier on, back in the 70s, you know, I mean, before I was even born and before Saints was born. <laughs> that's when they. Before the three point line. Before the three-point line, you know, this is this is when the Knicks won championships. And at the end of the day, 
they have the Knicks have to win more championships in order for them to even be put, even just win one championship in the modern era, man. I've always felt if, if they won one championship in the modern era, they then this would not even be a discussion. Yeah, this this wouldn't be like this, look look, and the reason why I keep coming back to this is because this is truly an embarrassing offseason for the New York Knicks. Um, you know, Homer fans would try to you know paint this as oh yeah we didn't do that bad in free agency, but you know, you don't get participation trophies in the NBA. So they were planning on this offseason for two to three seasons. They understood what this offseason was about. Everybody understood what this offseason was about. Um, you know, the, the Nets, when Sean Marks first got hired, they even talked about how, you know, the first thing he said was, hey, look, you know, this offseason is what we're targeting. The Boston Celtics, you know, this year, they already were looking at replacements for Kyrie. They were like, yo, you know, let's get Kemba. The Los Angeles Clippers, they, they were making moves for this specific offseason. Everybody was focused, even the Los Angeles Lakers, everyone was focused on this free agency, this offseason. And this was years in the making. So when you apply this, this perspective to what the Knicks have done, yes, it is extremely underwhelming. And it's sad because this New York, this is glitz and glamour. Like, feel me? Like, people should be tripping over themselves to come play it. This is this is what you play ball for. Like you got a contending team, you're playing in the garden every like the Masquer Garden in the finals. That's what people want to see. Like people want to see that. Like people who hate the Knicks want to see that. People who love the Knicks want to see that. It'll be a bigger deal if the Knicks won a championship than any other team in the NBA. Without doubt. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I, and like it's it it'll be huge. But the problem is that is so unrealistic and far away because every single time. The New York Knicks really over, like, they they think too much of themselves. And they think that the league thinks of them in the same regard. This offseason should be very revealing to the New York Knicks. They should take the time and go, look, man, we should stop all this fantasy dream chasing. And we should start building around our young guys, you know, like, and, and we should do it the right way. The Knicks need build, to win for the NBA. Build a culture. Build a style of basketball that is magnetic around the league. Build a foundation that's not predicated off of getting the owner's pockets fat. And stop trying to like put your, your, your players front and center to make them trade pieces. Like, There's no reason why Mitchell Robinson should have been starting over DeAndre Jordan unless you're trying to lose games. I mean, yeah, no, that's what they, nah, were, that's like, what they were trying I mean, to do. Like, we know what that's what they were trying like, to do. Like, come on, like, come on. Like, it's, it's, and, like, and like, we don't tank in New York. That's not a thing that we do. That's a small market thing. Right. We do not tank in New York. We never had to do that. I don't understand why they thought this plan was going to work. I'm not even playing. Because they wanted Zion, KD, and Kyrie. But champions do not respect losing. Right. <laughs> this is a rule in every sport. Champions do not respect losing. Champions don't wake up and go, hey, I'm on the best team in the world. And look at the worst team in the world and go, yo, like, you know what? Is that that's looking like it's a go? No, no, no. You gotta compete at the the highest level, bro. And I believe we're gonna see a new Knicks team. I think this coming up, this upcoming season, they gotta really put in their brains that we're competing every night. We might not win every night, but the competition is gonna fill us, man. They're gonna feel. They're gonna be tired after they finish playing with us. <laughs> That's what the Knicks gotta. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like 
they gotta erase the circle that they have on the calendar when the Knicks come to town. <laughs> that's that's what it has to be, man. But and, like and 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 also, um, again, you need to start seeing results. And look, this is the New York Knicks. They should be box office every night. Even if you're not winning, it should be box office. We need development, man. I want to see. I want to see young players get better under. Uh, on this next team, man. So far, we, I haven't been seeing that so far. So far, I've, I've been seeing... Melikina didn't do jack. Like, like I've been hearing years about this guy. Uh, uh, Melikina, whatever. The verdict is still out on... Um, who's that young guy? Uh, long, lanky guy. Last year's rookie. forgot his name. Mitchell Robinson? Not Mitchell Robinson. Uh, Who are talking about? I'm talking about Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox, yes. The verdict's still out on Kevin Knox. Now Kevin Knox is um obviously not projecting as a star player anymore. Um But yeah, the verdict's still out on him. Nah, nah, he's he's a um I still, still want to see him improve. I see him more as a Wilson Chandler type. I want him to be more like uh Nick Batum when he was good type. I, look, I mean he 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 Can shows he flashes, but the thing the problem is when when people key in on him, he makes a lot of mistakes and you know, like he 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 shows a he shows a an aversion to being physical in the game. But he's a, he's a rookie though. Man. He's not a rookie anymore. Well, not anymore. But he's he was a rookie back then, and we'll see what's what's going on with him this upcoming season. Man. But look, man, the next thing to get it together. Um, I like Lonzo Trier. Yeah, that kid. Yo, Isozo is the problem. He got, problem. He got dog in him. Yeah, he yo he has Mamba mentality. I'm telling y'all, the Knicks really should look. Is Players he, like that are are this they attach themselves to New Yorkers. His we, most standout game though, his most standout game to me was when he was going against James Harden. James Harden, oh yeah, going bucket for bucket with Harden. I was like, wow, but Harden, Harden, yo. If the Knicks didn't make a bonehead mistake, Lonzo Trier would have left that game with a win, and James Harden would have been really upset because he really scored his heart out. I think he had his highest scoring game of the season. On that game. Oh, he did? Yeah, that's when he came back. He came with a steal. Before it was the Nets, but then he got a steal and <laughs> he iced it for 60. Iced it for 60? Oh, yeah. man. 60. Oh. But yeah, that was a crazy game. Yeah, that was a crazy game. That was a crazy man. game. Yo, yo, shout out Lonzo Trey. Also, I, I like uh, Mitchell um, Robinson. Mitchell Robinson. He's, he's, he just needs to learn how to defend properly and not wildly hack at everything around him. Right. And, um, um, but even with the the lack of fundamentals and and you know uh, with all that being said, he's still a terrific shot blocker. Three blocks a game, and he was also blocking uh, a lot of three pointers, just blocking a lot of jump shots. So I don't understand why they're so bad though. Why can't they improve? Like we've seen other young teams improve. Like what what is exactly is the underlying problem with? The New York Knicks. Like, what's what's the, what's the like, like what is it? I think. I mean, if you let the Knicks fans to say it, they would state that they were trying to lose games. So you could state that, and they said, "Oh wow, we were trying to lose games. We're trying to get Zion." Da, but like da, da, da. all these, they, they haven't made the playoffs in six years, right? Um, and I feel like ever since the 2013 season. They've really like, just I don't know, like they they just fell off a cliff. They were in second seed at the time. They had Carmelo Anthony, who at the time was playing at a top five level. I don't care. That's right. non disputable. 
Um, yeah, veterans who who were were invested and interested in winning. Defense player of the year, Tyson Chandler, six man of the year. They didn't build the team right. They didn't build the team right, man. That's what I. This is all what it is all predicated off. They really didn't build the team right. They've been under too much management, too too many different coaches. They've been on like before, like. They, I don't think they were ever serious about building the team around Carmelo Anthony, man. And that what became more and more of a factor when, when you started to see it down the line of Carmelo's last years in the Knicks. Like, you can obviously see that, look, Carmelo Anthony needed spacing. He needed spacing. Yeah, he needed he needed uh, so, so many things on, on, you traded off on the Knicks. You traded off Danilo Gallinari. You traded off Wilson Chandler. These guys are all perfect fits for Carmelo Anthony. These guys were perfect fits alongside Amari Stoudemire because yes. they were giving him space. Giving him space. Listen, like once they made bonehead mistakes, I would listen. I if I'm aware that Carmelo has interest in signing to my team, I would have. I would have like, bro. I would have been like, yo, we need you on this team, but we need you when when it's a right fit for us. They were just worried about selling tickets, man. So, like, what do you think needs to happen for them to improve? Because look, 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 this is something that's baffling to me. They, like, the, they shouldn't be bad, and like, people outside of the city don't know what they mean to basketball. I, I get that. Like, y'all don't understand what the New York Knicks mean to basketball. Like, like the Knicks should have been competing after this offseason, and it would have been great for the league. Right. The Knicks have so many dead rivalries with the Celtics, with the Lakers, with the Sixers, with the Nets. Mm-hmm. The, like. All these teams are good now, except the Knicks. Right. So it's like this, so I'm you, telling you, your, your, these, your, your question to me was, uh, so like, what do they need? Yeah, like, yes, all yes. Right, so yeah, like, what do they need to do to actually fix this problem once and for all and build a sustainable winning team? All right. So I'm glad you said that. First of all, they need to build their core right now. They need to build a core right now. They need to establish who's going to be. The guy who's the go-to guy right now. They need to establish all this. Obviously, gonna be Julius Randle. Yeah, Julius. Yeah, Randall. no question. Yeah, Julius Randle. They man. need. Like, they need. They need to also have a cohesive plan when it comes to just being a basketball team. They need to enjoy playing with each other as well. So you know, there's there's a lot of things that that's a need for the for the Knicks. And I feel like Fisdale needs to be there for a long time. You need to give Fisdale some time. They need to make sure they have a coach for four years at least. Yeah, but, but that's, that's that's not, not realistic. Yeah, with, with, in a James Dolan climate, it's uh, look. I, I I explained to Nick fans that I know. I said heads are gonna roll if they miss out this offseason. Heads are going to roll, and um. I don't put it past the Knicks management to like, you know, especially if they're losing a lot and or like let's say, you know, for whatever reason RJ Barrett is looking super shaky or whatever, or like something just just doesn't go as planned, they're going to make a drastic move and start firing some people over there. Because everybody up from the owner down was expecting them to be contenders this year. Oh, and they need and one more thing they need to do. They need to make some trades, man. They're a lot. They're a lot jam at the the, the power forward position. Indeed. There's a lot of power forwards on this team. Well, like well, that look, can help other teams. Actually, let me dispel this rumor. They don't have any more power forwards than the next team, but the problem is they're all their best players are power forwards. That's the thing that I, I wanted to say. Oh, yeah, that's what you wanted to say. I want to say that. Yeah, like, 
a lot, their best players are power forwards and, and forwards. So I just want to say, like, yo, this is a perfect opportunity to trade some players. Like, a playoff team can use a Marcus Morris. Like, a playoff team can use a Bobby Portis. A playoff team can use these guys. Like, I say you hold on to Julius Randle because I feel like he fits more into the long term of this team. But, but you I, trade you trade guy like that because at the end of the day you can get draft picks you can get uh you can get role players that more fit your need and uh right now I feel like listen you need you need to space the floor a little bit more because this this game is all about pace and space and how are the Knicks gonna actually like so uh, okay all right yeah. and then the Knicks need a point guard bro yes they need a point guard badly like really. Really on, bad. Man. Get, the uh, Knicks, get the Knicks a point guard. Dennis bro. Smith Jr. Um he needs to develop his three pointer. I'm I'm I've always been hiring him. Um my cousin would tell me about him back in, in back when he was playing for NC State and like the dude can ball. He has like he's he's one of those athletic monsters, young players unbecoming. I mean he's he, he needs to develop that three ball. He man. doesn't project as a star anymore though. Like I don't think he's gonna be like a like a well, I mean Probably eventually, but like I don't think he's getting there next year. Right. But like he needs to like like they need a guy that can really put pressure on a pick and roll and really put Julius Randle in an opportunity to score. Like really, you know, make the game easier for Julius Randle. That's that's the kind of point guard that they need. And in a modern NBA, that's a guy that can kill you in pick and roll and kill you with a three ball. That's what that is. I really think that if they, you know, made a play at the end or Russell, I don't know why they didn't do that. That would have been perfect, getting D'Lo and Randall. That would have been your core right there. You draft R.J. Barrett. He doesn't have to be the savior, Nick Savior, whatever. Feel me? You got young guys in Randall and D'Angelo. You got R.J. Barrett. Like, that was a missed opportunity by the New York Knicks. And, like, I don't know. Maybe they were overthinking it and they didn't want to offer him a max contract. I don't know what that was about. Like, I don't know why that wasn't done. Because you guys were star chasing. They were star chasing. And they knew that they didn't really have a shot. Mm -hmm. Like, Bobby Porter's confirmed. A a New York Knicks forward confirmed. That yo, he was aware that Kevin Durant was coming here by February of last year. So it's like, wow, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like, and also one more thing: the propaganda that they really impose on their fan base, it it, it leaves their fan base looking like the most uneducated fan base in the league. Right. They these people like you, Nick fans. You couldn't tell a Nick fan Kevin Durant wasn't coming. Real quick, I made a promise to state that. Uh, where did I see this crazy layup? And I was going to say that I was going to give you who to follow. Go to go to go go on your Instagram account and follow Lifestyle Hoopers. Shout out to Lifestyle Hoopers. Shout out Lifestyle Hoopers. <laughs> I've seen the best layup I've ever seen in my life from this account. Nah, this is, check it out. This is nuts. It is nuts. It's one of the best layups I've ever seen. So Man. shout out to them. Man, we ran through a lot, yo. We got anything more to you mean anything more you want to address? I mean, I Listen, feel like you can go on. Go USA. Go Team USA. We getting this gold. I mean, and shout out to shout out Joe Johnson from me. Joe Big Johnson. Three Legend. <laughs> and you know what? Man, and Knicks, get it together, please. Look, look, Knicks. This in closing. This is what I, I advise Knicks fans to do: step away from all the Knicks media stuff. I want you to look how the rest of the league views your team. And apply a critical eye, a critical thought to what your front office is doing. Because the Homer stuff does you guys no favors. If every single time you pulling up, you're watching junk and garbage. Like, stop celebrating that. 
like get mad, get upset. They're disrespecting the game of basketball. Yo, boycott in front of the Madison boycott Square Garden. Boycott in front of Madison Square Garden. Yo, I've been Saints. It's Ooh. your boy Bass. Yo, holla at me, baby. Take them ankles. Woo!